Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Hello, all my family leaders out there. You know who you are. You're someone who wants to help someone else in the family. You might be a sibling. You might be a grandma wanting to help a grandchild. You might be the other way around, a grandchild wanting to help a grandma. You could be the cool aunt. Whoever you are, you see someone in your family who's struggling, who's suffering, and you want to help. Today, we're talking about becoming a compassion warrior. A compassion warrior is a Buddhist concept. It's actually called a bodhisattva. And it's something that I'm learning from my Harvard Compassion class. And I wanted to share with you what it is and how it relates to being a family leader, to wanting to help somebody else in your family. So what is a compassion warrior? A compassion warrior or a bodhisattva is someone who has reached the door of enlightenment. They've spent their lives meditating. They've spent their lives transforming themselves. And now they've arrived. They have reached enlightenment. And as they go to open the door to enter this nirvana of enlightenment, they hear the cries of the world and they turn around and they make a vow to stay. I'm going to stay and I'm going to go back and I'm going to help these people. And so this compassion warrior concept is someone who's committed to help. I think that's why being a compassion warrior resonates with me so much because I teach family leaders who are people who are in families who want to help someone else who is suffering. It might be someone suffering in the moment or suffering through, you know, a transition crisis. Maybe they're going to college and they're struggling with what to do next and how that's going for them. Or it could be someone who has a chronic illness or something long-term like an addiction. Whatever it is, they see somebody else suffering and they want to help. That's what it feels like to me to be a compassion warrior. It feels like being a family member who wants to help. And I like how they walk away in this imagery from the doors of enlightenment, from their own self-fulfillment to come back and to help others, because that's also what family members do, is sometimes they sacrifice what they want and need so that they can go out and help others. Compassion warriors are depicted in all kinds of Buddhist art, and in the art and the statuary, they have some really cool symbols that I wanna share with you. The first one is that Compassion warriors are shown with a third eye between their two eyes, kind of right there on their forehead. And that eye represents wisdom. A compassion warrior can see what other people can't see. They calm themselves from within so that they can actually be present in a moment of suffering. And then they deeply look at what's happening. And they have this ability to see with a third eye what's actually happening behind what's happening. The second kind of imagery that you see is elongated ears. And it's really an imagery to say, as a compassion warrior, I'm gonna be a good listener. And even though compassion is about stepping in to help, compassion is about not only seeing suffering and being moved by it, but being willing to help with it, it's not, somebody who comes in and jumps in to try to fix things. 
the very first thing they do is to really learn and listen what's really going on. The next piece of imagery that I find really cool is in one of the compassion warriors, because there's a whole bunch of different kinds in one of the compassion warriors, it's a female compassion warrior. And instead of sitting with her legs crossed in a meditative position, she has one foot on the floor. And that one foot on the floor is representative of a readiness to act, to just jump in, to do what needs to be done, a readiness to take action and not just sit back and let other people do things. The other piece of imagery that I wanted to share is arms. There are many compassion warrior statues that are shown with more than one arm. It's different numbers depending on the different stories that are out there. And there's even one that is shown with a thousand arms. And like all symbols, it can mean different things to different people. For some people, the thousand arms represent a thousand different ways that we can be helpful and go out and relieve suffering. For others, it represents the idea that as a compassion warrior, there are thousands of other people also out there helping that we're not alone, that there are a lot of people trying to relieve suffering in the world. This imagery gives us a little bit of a feel for what a compassion warrior is like, the qualities of a compassion warrior. The symbolism of the eyes is that they have this extra bit of wisdom. The symbolism of the ears is that they're going to take some time to just sit with you, to listen, to really hear what's going on. The symbolism of the feet is that they're going to be ready to take action and try to relieve suffering in some way. And the symbolism of the arms is that there are a lot of different ways in which this might happen. And at another level, it's also the idea that I'm willing to help you. I, if I need to grow a thousand arms to do all these different things, I'm committed to this. I'm staying here. I'm with you. I'm not going away. As I think about these qualities of what a compassion warrior is from Buddhist thought and from this class, as I'm learning it, it helps me to think about like, what kind of a compassion warrior do I want to be? How do I want to show up for the people in my life? So I want to move over to a story now about the thousand arms and Chen Rizig, who is a compassion warrior and how these thousand arms came about. When Chen Rizig made this compassion warrior vow that he was going to stay on the planet and help relieve suffering and the cries of the people for as long as it took, he began to work hard to do that. He went out and he spent all of his time relieving suffering and eons and eons this went on. And after a while he thought, Hmm, I wonder how things are going. I wonder how I'm doing. I would love to be able to go up and see that some of the suffering has been relieved. And so he climbs up to a very tall mountain and he looks down and he sees all the suffering that's left in the world and becomes discouraged. Now, part of the original vow of Chenrezig is that he said, if, if I ever stop helping people, may I break into a thousand pieces. And so up at the top of that mountain, he got discouraged and went, I, I can't do this anymore. And instantly broke into a thousand pieces at the bottom of the mountain. Now, Amitabha, who's the Buddha of limitless light, saw all of these pieces on the ground and said, wow, what just happened? And came back down to Chenrezig 
and turned each of those thousand pieces of the broken dream into a thousand different arms. And that's where the thousand armed compassion warrior comes from. Now, I have to admit that when I first heard this story, I was kind of frustrated because I was like, wait a second. So uh, what you're saying is, wow, you seem tired. You can't do this anymore. So here, I'm going to give you a thousand arms, get busy and get going again. That doesn't seem compassionate to me. But as I started thinking about it and reading more about it, Paul Gilbert has some ideas about, and he's a self-compassion researcher. He has some ideas about how that first trek up the mountain to save all the people is kind of an idealistic thing. It's a way of saying, I can be the solution to everybody's problems. What emerges instead is a bit of a more mature concept of helping others, which is that there are always going to be problems. We can never escape difficulties and suffering. So rather than trying to solve it all, we're going to be in the moment with the people, with ourselves when we're having difficult times, and we're going to take the difficulties of that moment. And they compare this also to one other piece of imagery, which is it's like the mud, you know, we're down there quagmired in the mud. We're going to take this difficult, muddy, messy moment. And the imagery is of a lotus, which grows out of the mud up through the water and then burst forth at the top of the water into this beautiful flower. So as we become the lotus, which is what we want for ourselves and what we want for our family members, we want to see this growth. We want to see this blossoming. There is no lotus without the mud. And so now as a compassion warrior, instead of being all, you know, go, go, go and idealistic and thinking I'm going to go save the world and solve the problems of the world or solve the problems of this family member. Instead, we relax into the idea that this is going to be messy. It's not going to go away entirely. And if it does, something else will come to replace it. It's going to stay messy. And that my job is to invite my wisdom, to invite my listening, my bearing witness of my being with this suffering, of being ready to act when I see an action that could take place. And realizing that with the imagery of those thousand arms in mind, that I have a lot of different ways that I can show up as a compassion warrior. Each of us has our own body of strengths and weaknesses, our own personalities, our own ways of being with and listening to people. And we can bring our own authentic selves to this practice of becoming a compassion warrior. The last part of being a compassion warrior that I find really interesting is that a compassion warrior takes a vow. They say, I am going to do this for the rest of my life. I am going to practice compassion. I am going to engage in it. I'm never going to give up. I'm going to hear the cries of the people and I'm going to be moved to do something about it. That reminds me so much of families. Families don't give up on one another. And I understand that sometimes they do, but in general, if you think about, you know, a therapist who comes in to help somebody, that's great. That's important work that happens between the therapist and that individual. When that individual goes home, they live with a family 
And whoever that family is, whatever that family looks like, they are dealing with the difficulties of that suffering day in and day out. And while sometimes it's necessary to say, I'm going to cut myself off from this family member for a while. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to do something else. Not always are we going to do that. So here's what I'm trying to say. I have a friend with a business called Balm and I love the phrase, right? Balm, like the balm of Gilead, like a balm is going to soothe and, and help. And it's for family members of people who are suffering from addiction. And the reason that she created this little niche, this coaching, this, this, how do we do this is because those family members don't want to give up on their other family member. They want to stay in there. They're committed to this all the way to the end, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what kind of suffering it causes them or what kind of suffering that they see in this other family member, they're committed. And so they are a compassion warrior. That doesn't mean that they're not going to set boundaries. That doesn't mean that they're not going to maybe step away from their lives for a little while, but even in the process of taking a break or setting a boundary or not seeing that person for a while to protect others in the family, they're still committed to that individual. They're not just done. They're doing the compassionate wise thing in order for the long run to be compassionate. I hope it's been fun and interesting and helpful to learn about all of these different components of what it takes to be a compassion warrior. I love the concept of it and It's making me think about the kind of compassion warrior I want to be, how I want to show up, how I want to be committed to my loved ones and family members, and really even beyond that, others also, how I want to be committed to them and and how I want to be there for them. I hope it's been helpful to you too. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.